When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 558 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by the number one Green Bay Packers fan and owner, Stephen Kyle Brackey. They're 4-0. And by the number one, I don't know, I don't know, he's number one in many things, but he's Ben Funky Askren. What, is, what aren't you number one in, Ben? Um, I don't know. Uh, my internet connection's decent this morning, so I don't have the number one internet connection. How about that? Goosebumps. Yeah, not number one in internet this morning. Ben, where are you? What are you doing? I'm in Florida. Uh, if you want to talk to someone down here, talking to him. I was in yesterday, and to me, today. And it's been, man, it's been fascinating, like, seeing and watching process yeah i don't know if this is gonna work buddy it's really it's really choppy and cutting in and out but if you, if you didn't glean what he said uh ben is at the wwe right now um i don't know who knows what they're talking about but exciting stuff can you hear me now i can hear you it's just like when you were talking in sentences it was really choppy pretty bad so we'll, well see how it goes shot yeah, we'll give it a shot. Um, one last shot, I think. Is that the name of the... One more one shot. More shot. One more shot. I've been merging The Last Dance and One Last Shot uh, together since that documentary came out. and I can You never probably haven't watched One More Shot, have you? I haven't, no. Can't believe you. I know. It's really disappointing. Uh, one day, uh, it'll happen. Okay, so let's talk who's number one. Ben, you are here. Why don't you give your your overall thoughts, and we can get a little more specific. Yeah, overall thoughts was it was fantastic. I missed high school wrestling a lot. Um, man, I'm excited to talk about some of the matches because you know I was on like the post match call with Mike, and you only have like a minute to to talk happen, and obviously to talk about the full scope of the match in a minute. So I'm excited to talk about all of them today. Yes, uh, I hope that we do get to do that. Um, so, for for me, it was from a just a wrestling standpoint as eh, the most exciting. Who's number one? I can remember. I don't know if it's the best one ever, but for calling the matches, for how many amazing ones we had, it it, it was up there for me. Uh, so one that was my biggest takeaway, and that was really a question coming in because for so many of these athletes. They were not in the midst of, of normal competition. They were not in the midst of normal mm-hmm. training. So what were we going to get? I mean, were we going to get, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I was sort of freaking out when we had kind of back-to-back <laughs> in, injuries. I was like. Back-to-back? It was I like got, four in a row. Well, we had the, I don't remember that. Well, Peterson took a break. Uh, um, Pattendorf. Uh, am I forgetting one? That's three. 
I named three in a row. I think if I you said four one. in a row, and I remember two in a row. The, I got uh, three. I got Pat, the three. Pat and, and uh, Pinto. So, yeah, I was and, sort of. And Jordan Peterson hurt himself kicking. Uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, <laughs> Dean Peterson. Dean Peterson hurt himself kicking. Remember there was that sequence? Yeah. Um, and oh, and Jordan Titus called an injury timeout. So that is four. That's right. But you said in a row. I don't think it was in a Those row. Those matches were in a row. Oh, they? my gosh. Yeah, Dean and – yeah, okay. So I so as that's happening, I'm like, uh, I'm like, geez, did, did – you kind of get paranoid. You're like, did we do something? Is there something with the magic? But nothing like that. But fortunately, after the that bad streak, uh, everything was, was right in the world. And we had some, some good wrestling. Of course, unfortunate injury. For Master Giovanni, but other than that, amazing wrestling, high level stuff, very exciting matches. Um, hey, is Master okay, Christian? I haven't, I haven't heard an update there. Okay, um, we'll, we'll try to have one for everyone tomorrow, if at all possible. Okay, cool. so why don't we, why don't we start with? I don't want to go like through every single match and kind of re, redo them, but. One question I had been, who do you think was the most outstanding wrestler of, of who's number one? Yeah, I I got this at the end of the show. And for me, impressed by Nixon. I know hey, he I wasn't. Didn't, I didn't hear who you, what you said. You cut out. Damn it. Nick Feldman. Okay, yeah. He looked totally fantastic. Um, maybe it was taking shots. And... Uh, Kind of, you know, capitalizing on those, but just man, he he looked outstanding to me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, obviously, I didn't expect that because I picked Haas to win. And but the, a, a major, I mean, bonus points at mm-hmm. number one are are pretty um pretty rare and unprecedented. Yeah. So for him to get it on basically straight takedowns and the efficiency of his attacks and finishing was. Really tremendous. So yeah, I I agree with and, that. And he scored right leg attacks. He, he scored body with under. Um, hey, he ben, I don't think it's gonna work today. Food. It's no good. Can I call in or something? I don't know. Why don't you uh, hop off? And if you and Travis uh, or Tyler, excuse okay. me, wanna wanna figure something out, we'll do that. But it's me and Bracky for for the time uh. being. Sorry, Ben. Number not number one in the internet, Ben Askren. Okay, so no Ben for the foreseeable future. Perhaps he will call in, and that would be great. Yeah. But if not, all right, Bracky. Hope Let's you, do it. Hope we got your your podcast and shoes on. Today. I'm ready. All right, who who is your OW? Uh, Feldman probably was until oh Drake Ayala stepped on the mat. Um, when you, I I mean all of us I don't think hesitated one bit when we picked Richie. <clears throat> Richie Figueroa on uh, Thursday's show, and then even with um, our Pick'em contest, he was uh, the wrestler that the most people picked. Um, and it was just—I don't know—we all knew Drake Ayala was very good. Yeah, it just felt like Richie Figueroa was on another level. And I mean, I think Ayala was literally the better wrestler the entire match. Um, and anytime you take out the the number one pound for pound. Uh, wrestler in your class, um, I think. I think it's got to go to him. Yeah, I I I agree. Uh, I think it is Drake Ayala for some of the reasons you said. And you know, when when we're putting the when they put the card together, I'm not going to act like I did. 
you know, you, you wonder about a, a match where, you know, they're probably not going to be at the same high school weight, and is is Drake really someone that, that can challenge? And, yeah, absolutely, we learned that. He was on the level of, of Richie Figueroa. And you also learn, like, so there's been some level of wrestling f- during this COVID time, and there have been some weird losses. Kyle Haas took a weird loss. Um, Drake, Ayala took losses. Drake, Drake took a couple losses. So you're like, oh, gosh, is this just going to be terrible? Because he lost to guys that were – one guy that I don't even think was ranked over the summer. Correct. And so you're like, all right, is he going to come in? But he came in so prepared, such a good – and you could tell he had a very Figueroa-specific game mm-hmm. plan. He he wrestled primarily – not primarily, but a lot of time on the knee, which I had never seen him do before. And Figueroa just seemed like he didn't have – he was not prepared for that, like he'd never seen that, and he didn't know what to do to make the adjustments, Right. And, of course, we, you and I, both said, do not go under Drake Ayala. Yeah. He goes under, no hesitation, was out immediately, no questions asked. He mentioned that in his post Yeah, he interview. said he was out in five seconds. Um, that <laughs> was a great interview, by the way. He quoted Metcalf. Um, he said that, uh, yeah, he was reinforcing uh, what they already believed. He had a great pace and a good sweep single, and they still couldn't stop it. And uh, he said that Richie was really good on top, and it was a challenge. And uh, he went under him and got out in five seconds. And I told you, someone from his camp said they were going to get out. And they got out very quickly. He got out right away. No problem at all. And then, you know, for, for that match to go to overtime, it, it was it was the, the singlet grab or the um, mm-hmm. jersey grab that, that forced that. But really, it was two, t- two takedowns to none there, yep. right? Which is really, really impressive. And, you know, Figueroa, uh, I, I remain, you know, Thinking he's gonna be really, really good at the next level, but they're um, clearly he, he's not the pound for pound number one guy. I think he could retain that status. I think he could go down as the best recruit of this class. But bottom line, he he lost. But credit him for putting it on the line to take on someone who was bigger than him. Yep. Um, and I was I was pretty uh, I was very impressed with with Ayala. So I think there were like probably three really strong candidates for. For the OW, Drake over Figueroa, Feldman's dominant performance over Kyle Haas, and Jesse Mendez uh, running running the two match gauntlet mm-hmm. over Jordan Williams, and then how he ran down Vandeveer was so impressive. He had to get three takedowns in the third period in overtime to win that match, and, and he went and got it. And for me, Vandeveer, I thought looked looked really really good it seemed like he was so close to getting that reversal at the end of at the end of the second I couldn't believe it um that he didn't actually and for Mendez to be able to hold on that last little bit and get to overtime and to to win a match where you know you wonder can you really rely on pace to to win matches at this high high level and it was clearly had a huge impact for for Jesse it uh it kind of reminded me of uh, what Brayton Lee did a few times last year. He, you know, he chooses neutral instead of going underneath where he could probably get a free point. Um, now, Vanderveer had just ridden him out the entire first period, um, but he goes neutral and just goes after it like Brayton Lee did a few times last year and scores a couple takedowns. And to your point, it looked like he was gonna maybe at least give up as an escape. We got a little too high there with with legs in, and then he's able to get his hips back on top and, and force overtime. And then when, once it went to overtime, I 
I thought Mendez yeah. was going to win. You for knew sure. it. Yeah. It's like the way it was training. If he can get to overtime, yeah. he's going to have all the momentum uh, in the world. Who are some of your more uh, impressive performances in in defeat? Some guys you're like, ah, that that guy's still really really good. Uh well, I, Jordan Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking with uh, Jesse Mendez, you know, he was in that match and. It kind of he was coming at the end too, and it, it felt like he was gonna do the classic uh, Jordan Williams pulling out at the end. Uh, he almost had the duck once and, and made that really exciting match there. Um, Jordan Titus looked awesome. Uh, that blast double he hit and oh just like gosh. the scrambling and opportunities he can create for himself is is pretty unreal and something that not everyone can do. Yeah, normally the elite scramblers are not the the super dynamic blow through you guys, right? right? But he hit like a, as close to a Jordan Burroughs double as you can right through him. I tell you what, him and Vandeveer hit two of the cleanest yes. double legs. I mean, I knew Vandeveer had the double, but the way he hit it was there was a little extra juice in that yeah, one. Yeah, there was. So I, those were two for me that I'm like, yeah, they, they lost, but Jordan Titus at the next level is going to be fantastic as is Joel Vandeveer. I think Northwestern got a really, really good one. He may have – someone pointed this out on Twitter. He may have the uh, Ryan Deacon hollow bone mm. situation because he looked like 15 pounds bigger than Jesse Mendes. Apparently he's ob- obsessed with weight training. Love so, it. And you can tell he looks massive. Him and Patty Gallagher should do who's number one next year in like <laughs> squats or something. Those, those two are absolute beasts. I, I, w- I was really impressed with uh, – Jagger Condomini as well. Yes. I, I thought Voinovich was a pretty heavy favorite in that one. And, uh, I mean, he that took a takedown in the last 30 seconds for, for Voinovich to pull that out. So I was really impressed with Condomini. I think I would say the three biggest favorites coming in lost. I think Richard Figueroa, Keontae Hamilton, and Seth Shoemate. For, for me, and I felt like the general, the poll among the, the office crew, those were the three biggest favorites. To see all of them lose, um, obviously, was, was very surprising to me. And Chase Horn, I mean, he just he just w- went after it. I yeah. think the top wrestling was such a such mm-hmm. a big factor there. It, it was really impressive. I mean, he he was a better guy the whole match. And, and like you said, you don't often see really good top wrestling like that with heavyweights. And he, I mean, he, he tilted him. Right? He did, and almost had him a few other times as well. Um, so <laughs> NC State just. Getting an absolute hammer oh there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they gotta be, yeah he's going to be training with Gwiz, too, mm-hmm. r- regularly. So that's going to be um, that's gonna be crazy as well. Um, Yo, guys. Oh, it's Ben on, the, ben on the phone. Can you hear me, Ben? I'm, yeah, I've been watching you guys on Facebook. How are we doing? I, you're doing all right. Uh, you know, got to it a little bit, and... Uh, I get to be back for the whole show. I, I was, you know, I was really sad. I was going to miss talking about this. Okay, so we just here to get you caught up. Well, you know what we're talking about. Who is who is your mo, who is your OW? Uh, I think we talked about that. And who was um, you said you said Feldman? And who was like someone that in defeat you were still really impressed with? Um, there was a bunch of those matches where, you know, like the last one, for example, Facundo and Valencia. I was impressed with both of them. I didn't think either one really came out poorly. 
Yeah, I well with Kyle, I mean th- that match, Facundo, Facundo won, and, and Valencia had that choice. But those two are so incredibly close in, in a way I yeah. I didn't expect. I really thought it would be a a close numerically match, but I figured Facundo would get the takedown. Kyle would struggle to generate the offense, and then he would just he would win. For it to come down to what what it did, Valencia really really impressed me. I. I'm curious if we'll ever see them hit again because Valencia looks like a guy who's ready yeah. to get really big, right? I could see him being an 84, 97. He was tall. He's got those big shoulders. We've seen how Zahid grew. So we may never see that match again, but, man, it was it was riveting. Yeah, I think that's the last time we'll see those guys. Uh, I agree with that. They're going to diverge in weight classes. The other one that I was really impressed with in defeat was Seth Shoemate, like I thought, Tate Pippler in the win. I thought I thought Seth wrestled really well. I thought he had some good attacks, and Pippler was just really, really good. Yeah, I that we were talking about how the really the three biggest favorites probably lost in Figueroa, Shoemate, and and Keontae Hamilton, and Pippler's mm-hmm. defense was really one of the main storylines coming out of who's number one, just his flexibility and just. One of those guys you just can't plant uh, cleanly. And I don't know if it was Shoemate's best performance or not. He did vomit in the in the middle of the match, so I don't know how, how <laughs> much true. of an impact that, that had on it. But I was I was surprised to see him lose and unable to finish. He had a couple really good looks and just couldn't find a way to put him down. Yeah, I, man. Pickle was super impressive. I haven't seen him a whole bunch. I'm excited to see him more move forward. It was fun to watch wrestle. Um, and, yeah, I guess I could see Seth Shoemate getting over on him, but I was really impressed with both those guys. Yeah, I remain very, very um, bullish on Seth Shoemate. I'm curious for your thoughts on Titus uh, specifically, but also that match, just how your, your assessment of the scrambling, because I think that was the most – scrambly and probably the most high level scrambling yes. we saw but what was your impression of it uh well Titus Titus gas you know I don't know if that's because he hasn't wrestled a match in a long time or he didn't take it seriously enough or uh, you know I don't know why and so I don't know if it was because he was tired but he was definitely trying to overforce the scrambles right he, he was trying to stuff them in there like a square peg in a round hole how do you mean? How did he force the scrambles? Um, I mean, just, just go through the match, watch it. It's like, oh, he just tried to scramble, scramble, scramble. No no baseline stuff. Um, very little offense. Uh, on bottom, everything's like a roll or a switch, you know? Yeah. I mean, and kind of that's what Keontae Hamilton did as a mistake also. His, his, Keontae Hamilton's changeover was good. His knee slide was good. And he kept trying to force the freaking Granby. I would have lost my mind if I was his coach. To be fair, well, I guess he did it enough that he did hit the Granby and then it got a one, then two off of it, did Keontae? Once it did. Once, yes. out of like nine times. Yeah. You know who else can get caught in that Granby rut is Anthony Valencia. He will just Granby, Granby, Granby until yes. he gets away or just, I mean, does it. And Kyle. I was about to say, Kyle did it a few times there in the ride out. Yeah. Yes, he did twice. So, um, go ahead. I think well, – so I, I actually was just – I was pontificating on this the other day to a bunch of my athletes how it's 
Graham is a great move. It absolutely is. But if you don't get out the first two times, man, you're probably not going to get out. And, and, and you need to have something else because something else will also make the Granby better. Right? If they're predicting that you're doing something else and then you hit the Granby, it's going to be much more effective than if they're predicting that you're going to Granby. Yeah, I mean, partially the, the element of surprise on this dynamic role like that is what's helpful. So if you know it's coming, Absolutely. if you know it's coming consistently, then it's it's not the most complicated move to stop either. Yes, agreed. Okay, so I, I really I was very impressed with Titus even in in defeat. I was very impressed with Dean Peterson. I did not think Dean would be able to win because I thought the problems in that that Titus presented in the scrambles would still be there, and they were in a way. But Peterson figured it out. Um, okay, so. We're kind of bouncing around like crazy, but it was a it was a crazy card. Lots of exciting stuff. Um, we talked about the Voinovich Condomini match. Oh, that was a good one. I man, Condomini is another one of the guys that really impressed me in defeat. I uh, Bracky mentioned it earlier. We kind of felt like Voinovich was a was a bigger favorite here. Apparently, these two. Um, do you have this story? They they wrestled at like some combine thing or a practice, and apparently. Voinovich just destroyed Condomini, like just took him down, really? took him down, took him down. Like that Condomini, this was coming from Condomini's camp. And it was like basically um, Jagger is just one of those got a, a lights on type of dude that when, when it matters, he huh. can really elevate his performance. And he clearly, he did here, and he was right there to win this match. Well, I mean, on the other side of that, and I was very impressed with the first two minutes and 20 seconds of Jagger Condomini, the scramble in the first period. The takedown, the ride out, the escape. I was really impressed with all that. But, man, when it came down to it, Milinovic found a way to get it done. And so, you know, in a lights-on scenario, that goes to Milinovic. I mean, he, he was down 3-0 going to the third period and yeah. freaking figured it out. Yes. Yeah, he did. And he, so he, he got two takedowns in the third, right? Am I remembering correctly? Yes. He got yeah. a takedown and takedown ride out. He got the high crotch was his first takedown, I believe, and then he got the hit the yeah. single leg that he couldn't finish for his second takedown. That's uh that's that finish you like, Ben, right? The one he used to win it. Yeah, it's called it was called the answer. Um, yeah, I mean that's when we're going when we're going head in the middle. When we look head in the middle, that's relatively the only way to finish in folk style wrestling. Yeah, against someone good. Yes, which Jagger Condomini definitely good. So I I really like. Man, I like both those guys at the at the next level. Jagger is committed to Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. So Nebraska they got Lenny Pinto and uh, Jagger Condomini. Speaking and of both Nebraska those guys are that Lehigh Valley. Yeah, that's that Brian, Brian Snyder. Snyder. Yeah, exactly. He's like, come on, guys, come come to to the land of corn. So what, what, while we're talking about the Pinto Rogers match, what were your thoughts overall on that? Other than your one horrible take that his little step over thing was a down block go behind. Other than that, listen, it was a down block. Listen, I've been studying this, Christian. Here, here's the deal it's really strange. Usually, when you go down block go behind on a high crotch, your, your down block leg, right, the one going over there, it crosses behind your ass, right? It goes the other way. Okay? For whatever reason. And I don't know why it goes to the open side when Pinto does it. You guys can watch it. Bring the film up. 
Um, we have and, a bunch of clips. It's just Ben can't see them, so it's tough to. Well, you know what? What if I logged on? What if I logged into Vmix and muted it? Um, Tyler, I'd be able to watch along, right? Tyler, what do you think? We're, we're going to Tyler here. Tyler, give us the call, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll keep talking so that you know. Let's... Okay, well, yeah. So it, it definitely was a down block go behind. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I got, I got, I got my stuff muted. muted. Oh wait, you I'm can't do that. Is it still sound good? There you go. There, that's no, better. Okay. Um. So yeah, listen. His his leg goes to the open side. Not so okay. Let's so play this in slow motion and pause it. Okay. Can we? Okay. Here we go. All right. Pause when his leg goes up. And here comes a shot. All right. Come on, Ryan. Let's go. Right there. Oh, you didn't pause it in time. <laughs> rewind, rewind. Can we rewind in slow motion? Okay, so here's what I'm saying. Usually when that right leg goes up, it goes to his left side, right, on a down block go behind. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, he, like, shoots it to the open side. Yes. So it makes it look really strange, but that's essentially what happens. Okay, let's all oh, watch this in slow motion. Right here. See how it goes to the open side? It usually goes to his other side. Yeah. Very strange. I mean, that's essentially exactly down on go behind, but the leg travels the other direction. And I don't really know why he did it or if it just happened in the moment. But it was down block go behind Christian. <laughs> there it is. Have you have you ever seen anything like that, Ben? I can't say that I have. And if Christian wants to maybe think of a better name, then we'll go with it. I think we could probably do a better name. Um but, you know, I, I try not to correct you on wrestling uh, terminology <laughs> or, or skills, so um, we well, can – Did you ask Lenny Pinto what the name is or if he's actually ever done that before in his whole life? Someone had to have asked him. In the, I don't know. I, ha I haven't listened to his interview yet. Uh, we can go back and listen to that. But, uh, I mean, I think since he's the one that hit it in a match, he should be able to name it. Yeah. I can call it whatever he wants. Um, but, hey, for that, for that match, Christian – Okay, so Pinto's in on that first scramble. It looks really good. It was it was outstanding. Last long time. And then for a while there, Rogers is on the attack. Right, he attacks two or three times, leading up to eventually. Then he almost gets the takedown, and Pinto gets hurt on it. Right. Yes. And I think if Rogers was smart enough, he would have grabbed that other leg, and the ref would have been forced to call it to when when Pinto calls the injury time. Um. And so I felt at that point in the match, like, Rodgers had all the momentum. And then all of a sudden, after the end time, it was like, boom, flip. And, wow, I mean, he just turned – Pinto just turned it on. He just crushed him after that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was an absolute turning point in the match. If Rodgers finishes that, who mm -hmm. knows what where, where that match goes in the injury time. That's one of the weird things about injury time in wrestling is sometimes it can really – I mean, Pinto legitimately hurt his knee on that. It wasn't some sort of yeah. fortuitous. There was no gamesmanship there. But it was a situation where he was in really bad position. And the takedown was all but imminent. And, yeah, if – if if I was calling him Chandler. If Ryland finds a way to cover that second leg, the ref is – his hand would be forced to call the two. And then injury time, and who knows how the how the match goes. Uh, but you got to credit, credit Pinto for the resiliency there – to recover and get his head right and find a way to finish the match. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. So, 
I just didn't see it coming. When that happened, I thought Pinto was getting tired. Rogers had a momentum, and then it flipped completely. Yes. Now I really liked. Um, oh, which match do I want? Do I want to talk about next? Uh, oh, the Chittum Henson match is the match I was most looking forward yeah. to. It had some of the craziest, most physical hand fighting I've seen in a high school match. And the ref really kind of just let it happen, let it go. It was just like, you know what? You both are clearly okay with uh, beating the heck out of each other, so who are we to say no? And, man, I, I feel like Chittum is just at the – is going to be a, a star at the next level, right? I just – I am so impressed with him from a technical standpoint – and then he brings such an extreme level of physicality uh, for a high school wrestler that, man, I, I feel like, you know, I think about someone like Shane Van Ness who can combine crazy pace with skill uh, at the high school level. I think he's going to be fantastic, and I feel similarly about Cody Chittum. Yeah, so one interesting there was, they're so physical, but then Henson, I think it was the first take that Henson got a deep leg attack, and, you know, Chittum just passed the leg, put it up. It, it was, like, picture perfect. Like, if I showed it at wrestling camp, that's kind of what it looks like. And Henson just had no answer, right? And in a lot of these other matches, like Peterson Titus, the scrambling was really back and forth, or Rogers and Pinto. But when Chittum hit that scramble, hit him, Henson kind of just turned down a little bit. Yeah, th- there was a clear scrambling advantage for, for Chittum against Henson. Um, but, yeah. Go ahead, it, it's did, crazy. He score, uh, did he score a scramble in the second period also? He hit the slide by. Um, I don't know if he scored on a scramble or not. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. Just the fact that, like CP saying, he could be so physical and just look like a wild man and then, whoop, hit that little uh, sweet little slide by is really awesome too. And then... Our man JD caught this awesome moment with Chittum uh, right after he won. Uh, you can go ahead and play that, Tyler. Uh, so JD was working on interviews uh, with the winners, and so he was kind of following Chittum, and Chittum just went outside uh, for his cool down. And he was just doing, uh, he's going to run across here. This is so great. They're just like the regular hotel guest. Just like doing their thing. <laughs> this guy with a cowboy hat. What, tarnation? <laughs> and then there's cars, there's people. It gets even better when he goes over here to this other side because he starts doing like stance in motion. Uh, the the kid's pace is unreal. And uh, then you couple that with he's really good on top. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's going to be really good at the next level. And, I mean, he just wrestled oh, a six-minute match with Wyatt Henson that was just like a brawl. And he's just out here running and yeah. doing. <laughs> I, I'd need around 45 minutes of medical attention if I did that. And here he is doing stance in motion. Hey, where is he on the big board for his class? He's top 10. He dude, um, really high. I'd have a hard time putting anyone ahead of him as a, from a prospect standpoint. I know he took some losses uh, and he went one off the top of my head. What about Gabe Arnold? He's really good. So it's Buzakis, Crookham, Mendez, Schumann. Wait, you're wrong year, I think. I am. Wrong, yeah, wrong my year. bad. My bad. Twenty twenty two, no twenty twenty three. Yeah, I was on uh, twenty twenty two. He's second. second behind it, uh, Mark Anthony McGowan. Yeah, give me Chittum. He, he's number one. I mean, because yeah. Why were the one hundred six powders not on the card, Christian? Were you guys able to uh, get them in there? Well, that's like 
was one of the weights with no no spring, no Fargo, no, no like it was yeah, so, so hard. hard to determine who was even like <clears throat> in the top be. five. Yeah. Um so it just and I think McGowan's gonna go uh, I think we have him at thirteen. Yeah, thirteen anyways. So okay. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Chittum, I think he'd be the the number one guy in that class for me. He's gonna be He's gonna be ridiculous, and you know Henson wrestled well, but it's just Chidham matches up well with him in the scrambles because Henson could get in, but finishing so mm-hmm. a different challenge for him. Uh, yeah, Mia, it was unfortunate. Uh, Wel- Welker Hattendorf match ended with an injury. It started mm-hmm. off with a really exciting opening exchange uh, with a like an underhook to a to an ankle pick, but then an unfortunate injury for Skylar Hattendorf, but. Mia Palumbo, Sage Mortimer, very exciting match there. A lot of really cool exchanges. And maybe one of the, like, the best highlights of the entire uh, yeah, was. match was was the four for Mia Palumbo. I don't know if we have that clip. Yeah, yes, we like do. Sage was trying to run behind and got a little overzealous, and somehow Mia ends up on the leg here and just skies Palumbo. And the, the horsepower involved with a finish like that, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, too. Like I didn't usually, see it you see like the build up to these kind of Boom. things, and well, that yeah, changed. Got, I mean, uh, Mortimer got a little overzealous at that time. I got a hips a little too high, but to your guys' point, the bottom person because of the backward momentum, there's usually no way that they can get up. But he was able, you know, Mia Palumbo was able to power her up and put her down hard, obviously. Yeah, and that was a real turning point. It was. Um... It, she was tra- she four was down, three. I think. She was down one at that point, yeah. and then you get a four. And then it kind of uh, wouldn't say unraveled, but she was able to maintain a, a similar lead for the, the duration of the match. So very exciting match uh, there. Um, Patty Gallagher uh, wins over Travis Mastro Giovanni by injury default. Not a lot to say there. Uh, hope Mastro's good to go. And yeah, I think we we hit on. Hit on most of them. What was your what was your favorite match of the whole thing, Ben? Favorite match. Let's see. Let me go through them all. Mm, uh, I mean, man, there were so many good. The last three went to overtime, right? So they're really good. You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Zvonovich Kondamidi. I think wow. the comeback in the third period was really impressive. Um, I really like that match. I'm down to two. I'm gonna have to make a tough decision. It's either Peterson oh. Titus or Mendez Vandeveer. Uh, also good one. Mendez getting three takedowns in the last period, in the third period, in overtime. I I think that's it for me. Him him hey. running the gauntlet. That that was just a riveting match. And the end of it, how close Vandeveer was to that reversal. A, which yeah, went, did oh we talk gosh. about that yet? I missed a couple minutes. Racky and I mentioned it, but why don't you, I would really like Dude, your thoughts. We have. It was uh, so I thought it was gritty. like ninety-seven percent that Vandeveer was going to get the reversal at that point. He had him so far off to the side, and and there was like seventeen seconds left or something. And I just thought, holy crap! There's no way he's going to stay on top here, and somehow he did. Yeah, we've got uh, kind of match highlights of that one. Yeah, throw it up. Oh, never mind. No, we don't. JK. Um, Liar. <laughs> sorry. Oh, maybe next. Yeah, that was um, him. Him hanging on there was 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 ridiculous. I didn't. See so impressive. It. I didn't see how you could do that. Just like you can be tough there and strong, but position just 
wins out, yeah. right? And if you're in this it position, it's not going to work. And somehow he he defied logic and physics and and squeezed hard and, and hung on that last little bit against a very very game Joel Vanderveer. I don't know if we're going to yeah or not. Um, um hey, well, oh there we go. Are we oh. watching this? Yeah, it looks like we're doing this. We're, we're really doing, doing it. <laughs> so that has double rest that man. Oh, now we got Mendes coming back, but. I was say Vanderveer was so tough on top on the first period because it yeah. wasn't like Mendes didn't want to escape. Vanderveer is just really, really tough up there. Really good, beautiful duck there. He okay. gets the ride but out to we're force. We're going out to the reversal situation. Oh, here. here we go. Yep, this is it right here. Where okay, watch this. He kind of bucks him off, and he'll end up way on the side. Oh boy. God. Okay, right here. Now, right here. Stop freeze right there. See how far on the side he is. Ah! I, yes. On the side, but I don't know why he keeps trying to jumping over. He should be going the opposite direction because, and then right there, Mendez retains position and boom. Yeah, that that was a a very gritty ride out there and a shot from Vanderveer. Yeah, and there was that scramble in the second period too, where uh, Vanderveer had a really good doubling in the second period, and and you kind of thought that Mendez was dead to rights, and Mendez fights it off. Yeah, so showing the closing. Just throws it by there on that underhook. Gets rear standing, puts him down. Boom. Man. Very impressive. Hey, can, can I tell you about a match I would really like to see, uh, you know, leaving the night? Yeah. And I don't think they've wrestled before. I couldn't find anywhere. Is is Gallagher and Facundo, I feel like they're both going to be 65s. Ohio State, Penn State, I feel like it's going to be a future rivalry. I, I want to see it. I want to see it too, and it's apparently happened twice. Patty won. It has? Yes. Patty won the most recent matchup, which is so it's funny. So yesterday I looked at the pound for pound rankings, and I was like, yo, this doesn't make sense. I think uh, Facundo should be ahead of Gallagher because he just beat Kyle. Kyle beat Patty at Doc B. Bada bing, bada boom. And Bray's like, oh yeah. Blah, blah. And then he looks it up. He's like, no, after Patty. Lost to Kyel, he beat Facundo in a duel. So I don't Wait, know so where Saint Ed's wrestled. Who's it? DCC or yeah, Davison? Davison. Davison. Hmm. Okay. So what score? I don't know, but it happened. That's all I know. So they have wrestled, but yeah, would would I want to watch it again? Well, for the first time, but see it again? Yes. That's the one I think that makes sense that I would really, um, really, really enjoy would be Peterson versus Ayala because Ayala great beating Figueroa, and you guys said that he's not going to go 120. So it only makes sense, you know, Dean Peterson moved himself up to number one by beating Jordan Titus, but then you have Ayala coming up who beat number one at 120, and I think to get a clear 126 number one, that would be an obvious match. Yeah, let's do it. Throw it on one of these cards. Make it happen. Okay. Uh, Patty Gallagher beat Alex Facundo 3-1. to one, And this was oh, January 13th, 2020. There it is. Okay. Oh. So, during Who's Number One, we made a number of pretty cool announcements, if I do say so myself. And the biggest one being the return of Jordan Burroughs. You'll be wrestling Zahid Valencia on November 14th. When we dropped the Zahid graphic on Friday, 
it was, it was funny watching all, all the comments, you know, and people speculating what it was. We're asking, hey, guess who, who's his opponent going to be? And it's very clear no one saw this coming. No one saw a potential matchup of Jordan Burroughs bumping up 20 pounds, more than 20 pounds, to wrestle someone as good as Zahid Valencia. But that's just what's going to happen on November 14th. Uh, you got a little little uh, familiarity with these guys, and what what's your thought on the match? Yeah, I was surprised. We've never we've never seen Jordan Bros bump up like this. No, uh, so that was kind of surprising to me that he was willing to because I feel like the Heat is kind of a dangerous opponent. He's one of few guys who can match Jordan's athleticism. Uh, so I think Jordan's gonna have a battle on his hands to win the match. Yeah, I. I agree. I think it's I think it's a really good good test for Jordan and we'll challenge him in a way. I mean, him giving up that much weight. Now, I don't know how how big he is. I don't think he'd take the weight at 185 if he was walking around at 175. Jordan is a rare is but, a big 74. But okay, hold on, Christian. He he can't be that big. If if Jordan is that big, he's going to have a hard time getting back down to 74 kg day of double day of weigh-ins. Double day of they call it. Yes, uh, I, I'm certain that he is not going to um, get out of striking distance of 74. But at this, at the same time, the the guy needs to wrestle, wants a match. He's going to get a very challenging yeah. match here against uh, Zahid Valencia, who he's got a little storyline himself. It's a it's a return for him. You know, we haven't seen him since he didn't wrestle Pac-12. So it was January, I think, the suspension or so. Uh, so he's going to come back now for the first time. So a couple storylines there. And how's he going to look coming off his suspension? Yeah. Um, I would guess Burroughs weighs in between 179 and 181 or something like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. And so, man, I think Zahid maybe eventually – is uh, 79, and maybe that's why Burroughs feels a little more comfortable with this match. But I was, you know what, I was most annoyed, Christian, because Burroughs made me make, like, was it 78 kg or somewhere in there? Like, in the low 70s, I think it was 173. Listen, he he's pretty damn good. Make him make that weight, too. Yeah, he did. He made you... Made you come on down. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he viewed you as as a as a bigger threat, more dangerous. He wanted you a little a little smaller. Didn't want you to have that extra extra squeezing power, Ben. <laughs> I needed it, Christian. I I needed all I could get. Yeah, one eighty five. Who knows how that match turns out for you, Ben? Well, don't be is, a dick, we, Christian. We will we will never know. <laughs> no, we will never know, Ben. Uh, I'm not. So yeah, uh, that's Funny. that's very exciting news. We've got, we also announced the. Well, I guess we should go. We should stay in the Jordan Burroughs lane because then yeah, let's do that. David Taylor gets on Twitter and he says, "Thought you've been looking like a beefcake. Test the waters, and if you want a shot at the real eighty-six kilogram king, hit me up." So David Taylor wants another shot at Jordan Burroughs, who has been the man to weight below or the Olympic weight below um, since two thousand eleven. And David Taylor, and then Burroughs with the with the comeback, man. This is this was a smooth one. From outstanding JB. comeback. Out, outstanding. Um, do we have it? I put it in the dock. Okay. Yeah. There yes. We go. So then right, Jordan says, "I made you disappear from seventy four kilograms." So who's really the magic man? 
Oh my goodness, Jordan. Just relax. This man has a child. Uh, so that was, that was a good comeback. That was great. That was so it was good. like it was like the perfect wrestling comeback. It's like because you know, and I, I like a little trash talk, but a little, if it gets a little too far, it, gets, it starts to delve into the MMA ugliness. I don't really like it. I feel like that was like the perfect. Um, I don't know um, attitude for. I mean, for, wrestling for, for trash your talk. taste buds, it was it was the best. Uh, but you know, just genuinely, it was really good trash talk. Trash talk doesn't always have to be nasty. Sometimes it can be, uh, and sometimes it's nice, clean, and simple like that, and that killed it. Yes, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. So a potential, I mean, Jordan Burroughs versus David Taylor match. You know, to as Jordan pointed out, he was. He had beaten David three times, I guess. Um, he beat him at the Open. Actually, he beat him twice at the Open. Once was the crazy comeback one. And then he crazy. beat him t- twice at Trials in 14. But then soon at, they never hit in 2015. They didn't hit in 2016, I don't believe. And then David then up. Then David went up. So yeah. who did he beat in 2015? Oh, yeah, Dake, Dake came back at 74 and beat him in yeah. the Challenge Tournament Finals. So hey, so Christian David Taylor's the favorite now, right? Man, I have a hard time. He's gonna have twenty pounds. That size? Sure. I mean, they were. Listen, Jordan won them all, but they were competitive matches. David yes, is so were. big now, and not only is David bigger, he's better. I mean, he is he has ascended to you know you would the, think yeah the pound, the pound for pound ranks at at eighty six, so. I I don't I don't know what else you can say other than yeah, Jordan Burroughs for the first time maybe in his senior level career as an underdog, right? But he would be a he would be an underdog if that match happens. Um, I, I feel like it. Now Jordan's gonna get mad at us for saying he's an underdog. I think, but uh, I feel like if we had well, gambling, it, that's how it would go. Well, well, I would counter any any. Uh, feelings like that with well Jordan if you were the same weight I would I would pick you but you are a sure, smaller person not. this is a sport with weight classes they are they matter and if you were the same size as David Taylor I would pick you Jordan but I don't think you're the same size as David Taylor um, based on the fact that you're a 74 and he's in he's an 86 um, but yeah. if a match happens he would be able to prove us all wrong right and yeah, there is, there is that winning element and factor that that Jordan brings that's um, that makes him so special. So yeah, that would yeah, be, and this would be fascinating, be Christian, because I mean, a lot of these senior athletes, and you know, a lot of this is in public, but they've been it's been so hard to get some of these matchups, and a lot of it has to do with weight discrepancies. And so, if, you know, Burroughs were to say, "Screw it," maybe he'd take the lead and. A lot of other people will say that also and say, I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, a lot of these guys cross over weight classes in, in practice all the time, like on a very, like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it matters. It doesn't matter that much. Well, I would say, I would counteract that by saying if you have similar skill levels, it's going to really yeah. matter. And if does, say, I mean, like, these guys are both world champions. But let me see. Zahid's, what, top 10 in the world? 
Yeah. You're going to say Burroughs is the favorite in the match. There's no I, doubt. Yes, because there's not comparable skill levels. Because, but that's still a top ten guy in the world. So do you see what I'm saying about like, yeah, how far it has to be close, where weight doesn't matter. Well, I, I would just say they have to be of even skill level for the weight, and then it, then it becomes the but, weight. If, Christian, you see what I'm saying? Like he's top ten in the world. What do you guys have him ranked? I'm gonna hold on. I gotta try to find this. International rankings. Let's see what you guys have him. You guys have the Heat at number seven. Mm-hmm. So you got a guy who's number seven in the world, the weight class above you. If weight really mattered, he'd be the favorite of Burroughs. So weight matters, but it's more of like a secondary component. Yes, I would agree with that. Secondary component. Um, okay. We're agreed. Also, cool news, December 18th, we're doing another eight man. It will be the second eight man. We haven't had the first yet. That'll be October 31st, the 195. We're doing this one at 150 pounds. So far, we've got four hammers already locked and loaded, ready to go. James Green, Jordan Oliver, Anthony Ashnault, Pat Lugo, working on finalizing the card. Hopefully, that happens uh, this week. UWW's world's announcement is uh, kind of pausing some of the other. It's being a real party pooper. It's sort of sort of pooping the party, but they're they're trying to figure out what they're going to do for worlds because we got some really elite guys that are like. Yeah, I think I want to do it, but if there's worlds, I will be doing worlds. So, but everyone's kind of like, there's not going to be worlds, and if there is worlds, America's not going. So, so, so are we really not going? DJ, what, DJ T might say, send the troops. <laughs> he, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think uh, Trump will will make that call. It feels like a more of a rich nothing bender. to be scared of. Nothing to be scared of, Christian. Well, it's not about. I don't think they won't send because they're scared. I don't think. No, that's what, that's, what, that's what Trump said on Twitter yesterday. You didn't see it. No, I, I tried. Oh, to you need to watch it. All it's, of that. It's quite entertaining. Okay. Um. Here we go. Next. So, do you have anything else to say about this, or are you just? Gonna... Yeah, I I do. I you get flustered by the DJT talk. Well, you're you're just giggling. You're just giggling. Because it's, I mean, listen, sometimes, listen, okay, obviously you guys know I like Trump, but sometimes you, I watch it and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, this is comedy. Like, I don't think he's trying to make it comedy, but it's like really funny. Um, <laughs> so at 150 pounds, are we going to do that day before thing to do a wrestling spot? Because I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun, but no, we're not doing it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think um, some of it's like venue related or whatever, but I think okay, I think they want to see how these go first before they start to add in additional layers. But I think if we do one in January, uh, which I think we I think we will, we'll, we'll shoot to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if if we attempt that. I think it would be cool. But as I yeah. put out, I put it out on Twitter like. Is this totally impractical, like, that idea of – because a lot of people th- – the issue is there's going to be so many really good wrestlers that are not in the 158, man, right? Um, yeah. So what do you – you know, I would love for them all to have the option, but we have to make choices and we have to narrow it down, and it's not that easy. Yeah. So what, what do you do? And But, you know, making weight two days in a row – but at the same time, it's it's your opportunity to 
to get in the bracket. So I don't know how I feel about it. I know I would love it, but I'm trying to also think of like from an athlete perspective, would would the best of the best really want to do that and, and risk, you know, making no money and losing a match? Yeah. Um, man, I, I think the storyline of Christian, someone winning like seven matches in a row, and I know it's going to be really hard. That would be like the most awesome storyline ever. Right. Yeah, no, it would be it would be really cool. I really do want to do it deep down, but we'll see. Um, okay, maybe in January. Maybe in January. Uh, okay, so that's going to be good. Thoughts on the early inch? Thoughts on James Green coming down? That's awesome. I mean, we know that 74 is gigantic for him. We know 66 or 65 is just a little too small. Yeah. What do you think, I mean, looking at it, Jordan Oliver, James Green, those two have hit before, I believe, um, if I'm remembering correctly. What What are your thoughts on those two mm-hmm. in this bracket? Well, the Green, Green's got to be the favorite out of almost anybody that comes up here. I thought J.O. beat him, though. He did not. It okay. was um, 2016 non-Olympic Worlds, best two out of three. Uh, the trials for non-Olympic Worlds, best two out of three. It was 2-1 James Green, 4-3 James Green. Holy cow, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. It was when the Bill Farrell was like the qualifier in 2016 for non-Olympic weight worlds. Wow, okay. Mind-blowing. So Green won then, uh, so he'd be the favorite here uh, once more. I don't know how I don't remember those matches. But they're both one-point matches, and the second one, J.O. was in on a single and had Green up on one foot hopping um, as time ran out. Cool. Uh, excited to watch Anthony Ashnall back in the mix as well at 150. And, and we'll see. We're, we are working on some yeah. more really juicy entries for this one. So I think it's going to be. I mean, Ashnall was a guy, originally when I saw that, I thought he could win. But then when you guys brought James Green in, and I remember the James Green versus Ashnall match uh, beat the streets last year. Ashnall's going to have a tough time. That, that will be a, a really tough matchup for him. But then again. Who knows how the bracket will fall, right? And if someone takes out Green, it could create a path for Ashnault. Green is the favorite, so maybe that's not likely to happen, but still something to consider. Okay. This week. Hey, oh, oh, hold on. Sorry, sorry. Pantelio is a guy I'd really like to see in this bracket. Yes. He put yeah. his name on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's in the – it's him – Reese Humphrey really wants in. We've got some international guys that are uh, strong contenders as well. It's going to be a really, really salty group of eight. Jared Frayer apparently wants in. My goodness. Oh, I want him in. I want him in. Yeah, this is the For problem. Sure. Do you see? We've got um, – could we see a Bajrang or a Kanchikishvili? Uh, I it, want to see Bajrang in. Yeah, not – wow. Shots fired at Kanchikishvili. <laughs> Yanni. Interesting. Okay. Um. Here we go. Next up, um, you want to talk senior nationals entries? Yes. I yes. know what I want to talk about. Go ahead. Oh, uh, don't give me the side eye, Christian. I can no, go. I got open. Listen, what Jay Nyerman is busting the Iowa narrative that that freaking the Hawkeyes can't set anyone because of college rules, and the Hawkeye Wrestling Cup is pretty much hosting. The flipping U.S. Open, and they ain't sending anybody. Give me a freaking break! This is a joke. Well, I don't think they're saying that. They never said um, who's going. 
Yeah, they well, they never said we're not sending people because of college, right? Or also, I thought that's what they said. I thought that was the excuse. Um, because I mean, why don't you? I, I I just can't understand for the life of me, Christian, why you don't want your college guys to get matches. I mean, listen, that's part of getting better. This is in your own hometown. This does not require you spending a lot of money or spending a whole bunch of time. It's effing guys. Go weigh in and go wrestle. Get better. I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering if it's something. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what their reasons reasons are. Obviously, they're doing their own thing November first, and they want to just get themselves ready for that. So they're saying we are getting matches. We're just getting them then and not. So I have few senior nationals. Well, it's it's basically, yeah, not most of their, not their whole college team, but it's a lot of them. Okay, so the other one that's annoying about you is the two kg thing. Like that's really really dumb by US Wrestling. This is a US Open. I don't know why they're doing that. Well, to get entries, just to get people wrestling, and I I know for a fact it it influenced people entering. Really? Yes, for sure. Someone told me that who's yeah, number one this week. Like, yeah, we wouldn't have gone if it wasn't plus two. Someone good? Yeah, reasonably. Reasonably. Okay. Uh, I don't like it, but I guess I'll I'll just say okay on that one. Uh, but the brackets are getting much, much deeper, and I like that a lot. Yeah, what really helps is it's only six weights, so it's a lot easier for the brackets to get deep pretty quickly. Kyle Snyder registering out of nowhere. I did not see that coming at all. I wonder what what I like that. He just if he just wanted to get some matches or whatever. But um, obviously, he will be the biggest favorite of anyone anywhere in the building. Anytime. Yes. I think registration closed last huh. night. By the way, it does. So. But I think you really? can always like walk up and wrestle or something. Can't you? Can you do re- late registration? I don't know. Some people oh, Kevin Gatson got in this morning. Yeah, he wasn't. He had been in previously. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? So, mm-hmm. 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 So, how about Nick Green up at 97 kg? Yeah, he he uh, continues to grow. Um, but he was he was at 97 last 197 collegiately, right? He was. Yeah. Yep. I know. I know he got very big. Mason Paris entering is exciting. I think Mason and Dom is a uh, a very likely final there, and one I'd be very excited to see. I'm sure it'll be tough for Ben to pick against his Tiger brethren, but Mason Paris is is super legit. What? Yeah, uh, that's been a interesting match for sure. David Tate, or I want to see Orndorff versus Gastank Gary at Senior Nationals. I want Gastank Gary. Wait, Gastank Gary's going? No. I'm mad. That's why I tweeted. Why isn't Gas Tank Gary going to Senior Nationals? I want to see him stake his claim for the heavyweight spot. Oh, Set the man. tone early that Orndorff, you transferred in, and you're going to be my backup. But now we don't get to have that. Um, maybe he'll have a late. Someone, I asked why. Someone said, well, I want to read it right. Yeah, Mike Mike said uh, probably working a double that weekend is why uh, Gas oh, Tank Gary isn't in It's it really funny. Um. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on some of the entries? Uh, who who else has entered the fold here? I mean, sixty-five Ironman was an entry. I don't think we yeah. discussed. 
Yaya Thomas is is. Why is brought a fireman? Well. I brought fireman because fireman made me mad that the other guys didn't. Yeah, register. I meant last week. I don't think we had discussed mm. his involvement. I who is the favorite at sixty five? As you look at, is it jo- Joey McKenna? I think it's got to be it's got to be McKenna. He had a really good U.S. Open in December. That weight class is deep. I mean, you got fifteen deep who are going to be really competitive or so. Yeah, I th- I think it's super deep. I think seventy four is crazy. Now Logan Massa, his uh, entry probably makes him the favorite at seventy four. I know there's some really yeah. good guys like Deacon and Hydley and David Carr, uh, but Logan Massa he just he won senior nationals in December. He beat Makai Lewis. He just beat Bexod. Yeah. I mean that that's just he's ranked sixth in that international or world. He's got to be international. Who? Logan. He's ranked six in the in the country, so he's got to be yes. the the favorite there. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wish there was some more entries, but I, I'm at least moderately satisfied and excited with who's in his bracket. Moderate satisfaction from Ben Askren. What more can you ask? Well, you know, there's some guys like Dom Serrano. You know, Nebraska sent a good group. I want to say he does. Um, there's a few other names I was looking through here, but like, I don't know. I wonder how this one. Matt Ramos is an interesting one, a cadet world champ. Uh, you know, but not, obviously we're missing a lot of the top, top, top guys. Serrano is one of the guys I'm most excited. It's just because I look at through a lot of things through the college lens. He's a freshman. How's he going to do? I, I I really excited to watch him. I put him as a must watch here. Um, Labriola entering is is exciting as well. Patty Gallagher as a high schooler. How's he going to do? Um, you know, we believe he'll have the physicality, but this is going to be a really really deep weight. So a lot of things to be excited about for senior nationals. We're going to have flow zone Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning. So tune in for that. You're gonna it's six mats, I believe. So you get a lot of lot of good action there. We see your guy Parker Keckeyes, and you're not going to this, right, Ben? Well, we lost Ben. All right, we'll, we'll get him back. Uh, I see him. He's sitting down. He's sit, holding up his hands, exasperated. Um, so why don't we get to get to some questions? What do you say? Let's do it. Okay. The well, one Reese Humphrey wants to know if we're gonna let him in the bracket. Um, you know what? What's a weird thing? Some people are like, "Don't let retired people in the in the brackets." I'm like, why not? Uh, uh, a wrestler said that to me the other. Are you there, Ben? I'm back. Yeah, baby. Okay, so uh, the 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 first FRL question was from Reese Humphrey. If, if we're gonna let him in the the 150 bracket, but so, uh, a wrestler sit, said to me over the weekend, he's like, "You shouldn't let the retired guys back in." To which I say, "No, we, of course we should." And you why know what? Not? Uh, just, what was the you, reasoning, Christian? Basically, let the um, current senior level guys get the matches. These guys aren't contending for world team spots, et cetera, et cetera. But I counter that with a, a number of things. Namely, how many of these guys retired, not because they don't really want to wrestle anymore, but because in order to wrestle, if you're not the number one guy on the ladder, if you're not, there's very yeah. few guys that can make a real living just wrestling, right? 100%. I don't think. Uh, Reese Humphreys still was in very much his prime when he retired. Um, I think it's true for a lot of guys, but it's like it's hard to, to make a living just being good at wrestling. And now, dude, a 
25k to to make the team. That's more than these guys get for winning almost anything. Some of them in wrestling, right? You know, you win the some, open. Some of them that's like a yearly stipend. Oh, for sure it is. For sure it. it, it I mean, it's way more than USA Wrestling. USA Wrestling's yearly stipend is ten grand, Christian. Yeah. So that you know, you can win the open and make the team, and make far less than you will just winning three matches at the at the eight man. So I yes, hundred percent. And if that opportunity existed when these guys were retiring, when Gabe Dean and Keith Gavin were retiring, maybe they wouldn't have retired, right? But when it's basically, well, I probably can't make the world team, so I have to quit. That's a yeah. that's a that's a different decision. These are, so. I think it's one. It adds a really cool element of, okay, is this guy still got it? And they're very exciting. And then, two, you're you're given an opportunity, and I think it's I think there's a lot of reasons to to let them in. So I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, Christian, at the end of the day, it's this simple. Flo's job isn't to train America's athlete athlete. That's RTC's job, and that's USA Wrestling's job. Flo's job is to make as exciting content as possible, and by bringing in these retired people, you make that happen. Yes, uh, I I agree with that. So that's what we're going these to do. Brackets also have uh, nothing to do with making world teams or getting on national teams or anything yeah. like that. It has no impact on yeah. that. Uh, so it's not like and this Christian, is taking an opportunity have- away from those guys. Yep. If all these guys wanted to get matches, why aren't they showing up to senior nationals? Yep, that's true too. Very good. Okay, um, what did Haas weigh in at? Who's number one? Do you know this, uh, Bracky? I do not. I was so, uh, someone yeah, observe Reagan Wright. I would observe. guess he's not two twenty. I'd guess like two oh eight. Actually, I think uh, JD made mention of this. I think he was uh, just a little over two hundred. Yeah, I thought okay. he said because said I think I think JD said there could be a chance he. If he feels like it goes 195, but I mean, why would he? In Kansas, right? Um, although he did lose it to to the Lout. Lout, yeah. Pre, pre, when's the last time? I mean, I don't know a ton about Kansas wrestling, but you just figure like the studs will always win states at, at Kansas. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting for uh, those two to hit at the same way, and they probably sought each other out too, which is also really cool. But yeah, I I think, you know, looking at at Haas, I don't know how much bigger he's gonna get. Is he now? He's going to Oklahoma State, the the land of the bulk job. So <laughs> I'm sure he could be made to be a sizable heavyweight. But he, you know, he looks like a, a full grown man right now. He doesn't look like immature. Yeah. So you know, is he gonna get three inches taller? Is he gonna get thirty pounds bigger? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's a 97, guys. Uh, that means you got to make Ferrari so you can stick around Stillwater a heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think between the two, they'll figure it out. I wonder if AJ wrestles right away and then Haas comes in and they can do some redshirt juggling. The land of the bulk job, but also the land of we will cut you down. <laughs> the land of the, the shrink job. <laughs> yeah. All size changes are on the table. At well, that's what, guys, State. I looked at Master Giovanni. And I'm like, John Smith's going to have this dude at 133, and no problem. <laughs> That's not actually all that unrealistic. Master Giovanni weighed 150 with a bucket of chicken in his hands. Now, he is really yeah. – le- he's super lean. Like, I don't know how you get 17 pounds off that kid. 
But um, you know, he's he's definitely small. Okay. Next question: Were we always moving towards card-based wrestling events, or did this come from a necessity as a result of COVID? Have other entities reached out for advice on how to run events? From Nick Croninger. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I don't think that we had this idea. Um, I think it was, you know, do some matches like a UFC type, but you guys came up with the tournament thing, and uh, I think it's really exciting. You know, my opinion on long term is that there should be some belts, and uh, I think that would be outstanding, but I think the tournaments will always have a little bit of a place. Yes, I, I agree. There is there is something very special about about tournaments in the sport of wrestling that is, you don't have that in mixed martial arts. You can't have that in mixed martial arts, right? You can't have yeah. a, tur- a tournament, at least one that happens over the course of a day or two. So I they think... Did, they did in the past, but... Yeah, yeah. it's not advisable not medically. But <laughs> yeah, I, I do think I do think there's a, there's a lot that cards have going going for it right you can when you can pick the matchups and it in advance that just gives groups like flow wrestling such an advantage because we're able to contextualize and and do things like that and get fans more interested whereas you know i don't know what the finals that are going to be saturday right i could guess and we can talk about the interesting matchups but i i think from an efficiency standpoint and from a marketing standpoint there's a lot that's really good about about the card structure. And to this question, I think we wanted to do more um, card type stuff and like stuff like these brackets. Um, I think COVID might have just uh, forced our hand a little bit and made us do it sooner than we might have. Yeah, that definitely sped it up or accelerated. I think we lost Ben again. Uh, oh, wow. We have. <clears throat> all right. We're not going to get Ben back. We lost him. Um, so we'll have to do Bracky and I finish this. Yeah. I, I think COVID definitely made us say, Hey, let's make stuff happen. What's the easiest thing to make happen? Mm-hmm. Just get a couple matches and see, see what happens. And obviously the July 25th event was massive, massive. And you guys loved it. So we're like, yep, we're going to do that again. Oh, how do I think Pico would have matched up against Chimizo had it been him against Chimizo in the 65 kilogram bronze medal match at the Olympics? Albracki, what do you think about that? I don't know. Um, man. I think he matches up worse. I don't like it either. Chimizo is like the, the slickest. One thing for, for Pico is his overzealousness mm-hmm. could, could cost him in matches, right? He's just so aggressive. And it was what made him great, but it also was two-edged for him. And I don't think there's a wrestler that's going to make more hay with that than Frank Chimizo. And now you could contrast that with saying, well, Molinero is as head down and as forward as anyone. But Molinero had just a little more savvy, played the game a little bit more than Aaron did. And that caused him to, you know, go on that heater he did in 2016. So I think now Chimizo now versus Pico, if he had continued to train, is maybe a different consideration because you have to remember Aaron was we've watched Aaron wrestle as an 18 and 19 year old right he would have matured as a wrestler and and increased his savvy right 
and he was making mistakes against the best in the world instead of the best in high school, which is who he should have been competing against Mm -hmm. normally had he not been a prodigy. So maybe he makes those adjustments. Maybe, you know, him, if he makes the team in April, being in that USA and getting all that focus, he would have uh, improved slightly. But I can't think Chimizo loses that match in 2016. Although, sign me up for it. Yeah, I'd like to watch it too, but I'm with the I Chimizo's match. Yes. And I think uh, they wrestled um, they wrestled in a tournament, and that's how Valentin became aware of Frank because Frank was coming off his suspension and, his, and, and doing the Italy thing. And then I think Chimizo beat Aaron, and then that relationship kind of formed. So interesting how those two are sort of connected. Um. So with all the crossover, this is a cool question. With all the crossover appeal type matchups, should the favorite realize a quick win isn't the intent? For example, Tony grappling match that lasted 15 seconds or JB versus Ben. Shouldn't the favorite carry the match some? Well, Burroughs did, I mean, it went to the second period. um, So I think he did it somewhat. He did not, the thing is, for Burroughs, so what basically this guy's saying is like, hey, if you're the favorite there, if you're Jordan Burroughs or you're Nikki Ryan, you should let it be a little more interesting. But the moment Jordan lets it be interesting, and the way you let it be interesting in a match with Ben, and maybe tomorrow Ben can come on and talk about this, uh, but is you got to let him in. you got to let some exchanges happen. If you're Jordan Burroughs, the one way you're going to lose is on an exchange where you get out of your depth in some scramble, and the next thing you know, if he locks his hands on a cradle or something crazy in, in a scramble, you get pinned. And then that's the last thing you want. So I think Burroughs, and I think that's the same thing. Now, with, for Nikki Ryan, listen, I don't know how. There's maybe a scenario where Tony Ramos inflicts some pain and like maybe can hand fight with Nikki Ryan for a little bit, but there's no way he's going to submit him. Right, the right. best way Tony Ramos could have let that match go was like 15 minutes, whatever. So for Nikki to submit him in 15, in 27 seconds is like, yeah, I think Nikki could have played it a little bit there, but then maybe he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna get the win and move on. I, for me, it's while these are like crossover matches and meant for like fun and, and you know to draw a bunch of people in and watch. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it. Th- that sounds like WWE, yes. like carrying the match. I don't want that. I, I just want to see what happens. And if it's 15 seconds or it goes the whole time, I don't want to see that. I just want to see them compete and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, there's, there was a, you know, the, the Sug Greco match was not real in the first period. Correct. That, that was, you know, I don't like that. I want real matchups. And if that's where Tony Ramos stacks up, I get it. I, I think in jiu-jitsu is a little different. He, I think he could have messed around because Tony doesn't really pose a submission threat yeah. at all. But that being said, I'm not going to be like, Nikki, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and similarly for Burroughs versus, versus Ben. Um, and, you know, these guys can't – they can't cut that off, right? I mean, how many times – they've competed one way – Basically, mm-hmm. all along to win and to win quickly, it's it's going to be tough for them to to do that. Um, so maybe last question, then we'll go. Oh, people continue to ask what the weight is for JB Valencia. I don't know if we're not being forward enough with this. 
But we said it in the announcement. We said it in the announcement video. Maybe we're not saying enough on social. It's at 185 pounds. Correct. That is the weight class. Mm-hmm. 185 is the weight they're wrestling at. Jordan Burrow's going up 23 and a half pounds for this match. Um, City Wrestling Guy, will we get the call-out show of wrestlers in the brackets? Pick your spot style. So, an update here. We did a kind of mock uh, draft. It went pretty well for the eight-man for 195, just with, like, flow guys pretending they were, like, you know, I was Shakur Rashid and you were someone. I don't remember. And we, wasn't we, in we it. picked our spot. Oh, yeah, Bracky wasn't in it. Uh, so it was cool. So we did that. So I think we're going to do it. Ben is going to actually head that up. So uh, we're going to have him reach out to the guys and sort of make that happen. We'll do it over Zoom. And then we'll, ideally we'll play it on FRL. Um, whether it'll be live or not, I don't know. But, yeah, so I think we're going to do that for the 195. So get excited. We're, we're probably going to throw in a little wrinkle there, uh, but I don't want to announce that yet unless it's, it's going to – unless we're sure we're going to do it. Ben's in the Facebook chat, and he's pumped he's, that we're doing it. He's pumped. And Ben says, yes, no fake competition. Um, yeah. The best part about wrestling is that it's real and um, not fake. So That's why we love it, because it's real to us, damn it. Yes. And it's real in reality, too. It's not mm-hmm. real in the Razor Ramon way. So with that, we're going to get the heck out of here. We'll have plenty, of more, plenty more to discuss tomorrow, because it'll be Wednesday. A lot of the guys will be headed to Senior National soon. We don't go till Friday because Bracky and I are going to give you the FRL you love on Thursday, and then we're going to go afterwards. Excited for that. Excited to get to Iowa, the land of Casey's. Just Casey's. Heck yes. Breakfast pizza. It's not even a general store anymore. Bracky and I are probably going to get breakfast pizza, lunch pizza. Who knows? It's going to be very exciting. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. It's free lunch Tuesday here at Flow Sports Boom. HQ. We're going to get some shawarma. Gonna be delicious. Hope you guys have a good day. Good start to your week. Keep it going. Wrestling's back, baby. See you tomorrow.